Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Amen, amen. Well, let's do this. Let's pray. And we're going to jump right in to the word today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your truth. God, we ask you in Jesus' name that you would give us your strength, that you would help us to overcome, that you would open your heart uh, to us and open your, your wisdom to us today, and that you would give us the power, Father, to hear your voice and to walk in the fullness of who you are. Father, we ask you to bless us and speak to us today and to encourage and to inspire us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, our theme today, the title of the message is Just Relax. Just Relax. And you could go a lot of different directions with that. I want to encourage you, if you are a husband, that's not something you say to your wife. Calm down is normally not received very well. Just relax. I mean, there are certain things I learned Early on, in fact, Jennifer and I have a joke. We were watching a show one time, and there was a horse that was bucking and going crazy, and the person came up in front of it and just went, shh, don't do that to your wife. I'm just saying, I, I, I thought that might be a good, worked on the horse, never mind. Um, not, not, a good, not a good idea. But this message is actually about rest. And if I could be really honest with you, this, in fact, if I could confess to you, I have wrestled with God over this message because I don't know how to rest. <laughs> I, I, my whole life, I've been an overachiever. My whole life, I've been a performer, a competitor, and I don't rest well. I'm just, I'm just confessing to you guys today. I, I, get, I get worked up in different ways, and I have moments where I feel the pressure of what needs to happen. And I'm a pressure performer, right? I, I mean, in high school, I didn't study ahead of time. I crammed for everything. In college, I did the same thing. It was the all-nighter, right? You gotta cram and just get it all in there, and then you get it all out on the test, and then you forget it the next day. That was my strategy. But I work really well under pressure, but the problem is, is you can only carry that on for so long, and it catches up to you. My second confession to you today is this, I have three. My second, don't worry, you don't have to find a new pastor. <laughs> my second confession is that my entire life I have broken one of the Ten Commandments. I've never even tried to keep this commandment. Not once. Now, I, I'm, I'm really, I, I don't cheat. I don't steal. I don't covet my neighbor's stuff. I haven't killed anybody in at least three weeks. <laughs> there are lots of these commands we're good at, right? I don't have idols. I, I, I don't misuse God's name. But I've never one time in my whole life tried to keep the third commandment. The third commandment is to keep the Sabbath. You might be thinking, well, Joel, the Sabbath, I mean, that's, that's a Jewish tradition. Yeah, it's the third commandment. Well, I, I, don't, I don't keep Jewish holidays, Joel, I get it. 
But it's one of the Ten Commandments. Do we have permission to throw away any of the Ten Commandments? It's got to be in there for a reason. Can I tell you that God is very serious about rest? Very serious about rest. Can I show you how serious? Anybody else need to confess that they've broken this commandment their entire life? Any workaholics in here? Achievers, performers? Anybody else in here have a hard time resting? Because there's always something that needs to get done. We burn the candle on both ends. We blow right past this commandment to keep the Sabbath. Are you ready? Exodus 35, verse 1. Moses assembled the whole Israelite community and said to them, These are the things the Lord has commanded you to do. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day shall be your holy day, a day of Sabbath rest to the Lord. Watch. Whoever does any work on it is to be put to death. What? Put to death? Don't even light a fire in your dwellings on the Sabbath day? Put to death? Because you didn't take your downtime, you didn't take your off time, you didn't take your holy day? Put to death? God is serious about this thing called rest, Sabbath. Deuteronomy 5, verse 12, observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. This is the actual version of the third commandment. As the Lord your God has commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, non-Jewish people not allowed to work on the Sabbath, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. God is serious about rest, and he wants us to create a culture of rest in our lives. See, it wasn't enough just for the Jews, the Israelites, to have a Sabbath and to rest. God wanted their kids to rest. I don't know what it's like at your house, but the second our kids were old enough to carry something, they had jobs. If they could toddle across the floor, we played the cleanup game. Oh, they hated the cleanup game. But at this point, now, we hardly do anything at our house. Our, our girls do everything. Why? Because I own them. I'm just joking. Because we trained them. We trained them to be responsible and that there's no such thing as a free lunch. You want to live in this house? You're a partner of this, of this house. You're, you have responsibility in this house. And you're going to take care of stuff. So they work. And when people come over for dinner at our place, as soon as dinner's done, our kids get up and they begin to clean the table and do the dishes. And people that have never been to our house before go, what is happening here? How did you do? I'm like, we beat them when they were very young. Just joking. <laughs> just joking. No, we just made it a standard. This is what we expect. And our kids work. But it's important, guys, as a part of this, that this 
rest thing, this Sabbath thing, is a cultural thing that we create inside of our lives. I remember when I was growing up, when there, were, there was no sports practices on Wednesday night because people went to church. Remember that? No, no sporting events, no, no games on a Sunday, ever, because it was a holy day. Now I got a kid in club volleyball. There is no rest when you have a kid playing club sports every day. Guys, it's the summer. Every day, camps, clinics, private lessons, training, strength training. My kid's got a personal trainer. I don't even have a personal trainer. My kid's got a personal trainer helping her with her skills because she's got a tryout coming up. It's the season of rest and there's no rest. This is the off season. I thought the actual season was hard with all the tournaments and schedules and games and all that kind of stuff. We live in a culture that doesn't rest and we're wearing ourselves out. We're wearing ourselves down. Everything is go, go, go. I love going on vacation. The older I get, the less I want to do when I go on vacation. You remember, some of y'all remember when you were young and you'd go on vacation, you wanted to do everything and see everything and go everywhere. And you, you, know, you know what the least relaxing vacation is? Disney. My God, Disney. My feet have never hurt more. I've never needed more of a vacation when I got home from vacation. It's magical, yes, but it's work. It's work. It's beautiful, we love it, but it's work. Guys, we don't know how to rest. Everything is go, 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 go. When I'm on vacation, I wanna think about two things, laying around and what's next to eat. That's it, that's it. And I'm at breakfast planning lunch, and I'm at lunch planning a snack, and I'm in the snack planning dinner. That's just lay around and eat. That's vacation for me now. We have to learn how to Sabbath. We have to learn how to rest. But Joel, in that Old Testament, I mean, we got a, we got a better covenant. We do. But we don't throw away the wisdom of the old Jesus didn't come to abolish and demolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. Let's look at what Jesus said. Matthew 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, I give, the, the burden that I give you is light. He says, I will give you rest. Jesus prioritized rest as a part of his gospel message. The word gospel means good news. Did you know that work, labor, toil was actually part of the curse of the fall of man? When Adam and Eve sinned, the curse came upon them. And the curse that came upon man, we all know what happened to the snake, right? Snake lost his legs. Apparently snakes used to walk. But the curse for the serpent was that he would crawl on his belly now and eat the dust of the earth. And one day, 
the Messiah would crush his head. That's the curse. That, that's the, the curse to the serpent, to, to the enemy, to the devil. The curse to man was the curse of a reluctant harvest that through the sweat of his brow, through the work of his hands, through thorns and thistles, he would do his labor and one day he would return to the earth because that's where he came from. Work, toil, hard labor was the curse. Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the fall of man. Jesus is the second Adam. He's done an amazing work. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have to have jobs and we don't have to have work. I've known many people that begin to come to an age of retiring, and they tried to retire and were so bored that they wanted to go figure out something else to do. Because man was made, remember the, the instruction for mankind was to be fruitful, multiply, take dominion, and to rule in the earth. That's our mandate. And we've got to learn how to work when it's time to work and how to rest when it's time to rest. I have friends that are Jewish that do observe the Sabbath and they're very strict with it. We uh, bought a uh, house in North Dallas a couple houses ago that we lived in. We loved this house. It was kind of an older, like older custom home, uh, like late 70s, beautiful, big, one-story uh, house. And, and I remember moving in and just getting there, and I take little Sydney, she was about two at the time, down to the park, and I'm looking around at the park, and every little kid at the park, they, they got long curly, all the girls, long curly hair and long skirts, and little boys running around with the hats on, and, and every kid's name was Shlomo, and, and, and uh, Yuda, and Rebecca, and Hannah, and I call my friend, who's a, who's a Jewish man, he goes, I said, dude, I, I'm, I'm at my new house, this neighborhood, and I said, every single kid here, he goes, where are you, where's your house? I gave him the address, he goes, oh, that, you're in Jewtown. He goes, they're all, all of the little, uh, the, the, their tabernacle, all of their churches are right there, their schools are right there, they have to be within walking distance. Because on Friday night at sundown, as it's going down, they, they literally, they can't drive vehicles. They can't even turn on lights. In their house, the, the houses have to have electrical, like automatic electrical things if lights are going to work because they can't physically push a light switch. That's how far they've taken it. Their food has to be pre-cooked. It can be on warmers that turn themselves on and off or whatever, but they can't do any work. Can't, can't make a sandwich. Got to be pre-made. Why? A command to rest. They have to live within a mile. They're not allowed to walk more than a mile, so they live within a mile so they can walk to synagogue. And, and at night, when we're sitting there making dinner on a Friday night, we'd see them walking down the street on their way to, the, to worship, to honor the Sabbath, walking back. And it's Saturday at sunset is when they can go back to doing the things that they do. They have a culture of rest. Doesn't make sense to us, but it's valuable. And it's so important that when God gave the command, it had a death penalty. I, I don't read many of the other commandments that have a literal death penalty attached to them instantly. He's serious about it. He wants us to learn. Jesus said, I'll give you rest. But Joel, I can't afford to stop and rest right now. I'm in the middle of something, it's busy. I gotta get this stuff done, you don't understand, I've got a deadline. I know. And rest is a commandment. You got six days. Hit your deadline. And then take a day and make it holy. I, I have, um, 
talking with a number of advisors, I've been encouraged and I'm going to say, not commanded, but strongly advised to take a sabbatical. It's my third confession. I don't know how to do it. I was talking to my counselor about it, and she's like, that's not a sabbatical, Joel. You have to, go, you have to stop everything. You have to stop everything. If you're going to do it, you have to do it. You have to do it right. You have to stop everything and be with the Lord and actually rest and allow him to renew your soul and allow him to help you recuperate. It's a customary thing. Many preachers, many pastors that live in vocational ministry, work in vocational ministry at different seasons and times, uh, take a sabbatical, and I've never done it. 21 years, I've never done it. And, and I, I don't know how, guys. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna trust the Lord, I'm gonna try. But it doesn't make sense for me right now because we're in the middle of this unstoppable thing and we have deadlines and we've got to make commitments and we got all this stuff going on. And if I could be honest, I'm like, if I'm not here, will they come? Is the church, look, it's, we got incredibly capable staff, Pastor Brandon, Angel, Lewis, our team, our children's ministry team, Latia, Travis, Sammy, we got a great staff. Everything will run, run like clockwork. We got great speakers. It's all lined out. It's all planned. It's going to be amazing. But I'm nervous because I've never done this before. I only know how to work and push and press and strive, and I don't know how to do it. But I'm going to give it a whirl. For the month of, month of July, I'm going to give it a whirl. And I'm going to go on sabbatical, be with my family. My, my phone is, is going to have automatic messages that tell you I'll see you in August. <laughs> my email is going to do the same thing. You know the number one thing I'm excited about? No social media. Oh, my God, no social media. I'm going to take a Sabbath from social media. we just so busy, guys. It's so busy. We have to learn how, as the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I have a funny story. My, my mother-in-law is here, and my mother-in-law is one of the most powerful people. She's such a gift. I don't have, I know a lot of people make mother-in-law jokes. I don't get to do that because my mother-in-law is too amazing. Um, she makes our life better in every way. She's incredible. She always has been. And we joke around, and we call her Hurricane Dee Dee because she's, she blows in but the difference is she fixes everything when she's there. She puts, don't put your drink down because it'll be washed, cleaned, already in the dishwasher. I mean, she's a force of nature. She really is. Thank you, Dee Dee, right there. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I remember a time, because Jennifer's little brother, Chad, you know, lived in the eye of the hurricane. And, and I remember a time... <laughs> When Chad literally was sitting there and, and Diana was like, hey, we need you to, I want you this, I want you that. And Chad's like, I just want to be. Can I just be? I don't want to do anything. Come on, guys. We don't know how to be. We only know how to do. Workaholics. It's an addiction. We're so busy. There's a season for rest. We have to recognize the rhythm of life, the seasons of life, and we gotta find a way to obey God and create Sabbath seasons in our life, Sabbath seasons in our week. God, I'm gonna even encourage you to take Sabbath seasons in your day. 
Can we break it down enough that we stop everything inside of our day and just be with him? Be with him. I remember hearing a story of an old pastor. I believe, if, the, if I remember correctly, it was Smith Wigglesworth. And he, was, he had such a commitment to God that, that every single hour, he would not let a single hour go by that he wouldn't stop and pray. And there was a time where he literally stopped and he confessed and he repented in front of other people because it, it had been too long since he'd prayed. He stopped the conversation, just began to pray. He was that committed to being in communion with God. And that type of dedication saw dead people raised by the hundreds, miracles by the, by the, the tens of thousands, incredible things because of a dedication to rest. Resting is about trusting. Resting is about trusting. When we can't rest, it shows that we don't really trust God all the way. I've taken matters into my own hands. I, I, I was raised, my parents taught me the value of hard work. I, I grew up with slogans like, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Powerful, good. But at the end of the day, we're not God. And there's stuff only God can do in our lives. And the harder we try to make things happen sometimes, the more we mess it up. We've got to learn how to just be. One more passage and we'll wrap this up. Hebrews chapter four, verse one says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Wow, how serious is that? The promise of rest is still available but you should tremble with fear that some of you may fail to experience it. For this is good news that God has prepared this rest, has been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only he who believes, trusts, can enter God's rest. As for the others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Can you believe that? The curse of disobedience is a curse of unrest. But the rest is available for us. Verse seven says, so God set another time for entering his rest and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, verse eight. Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God, for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. We gotta do our best to enter God's rest. See, part of the secret of this, part of the mystery of this, and I mentioned that it was the good news, that it's good news that there is rest that's available for us. And good news is connected to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. See, part of this is that the Sabbath or the rest that's given to us is a rest 
that we no longer work to earn salvation. We rest from our labor of earning salvation. The rest that we have in Jesus Christ is greater than the original rest that was given with the promise of the Sabbath. There's a Sabbath rest that's a part of our salvation for we are saved by grace through faith, not by our works so that no one can boast. Oh, I've been able to boast a lot in my life because of how hard I've worked and how hard I've trained and how hard I competed. I was able to brag a lot in life because of how hard that stuff happened because of how hard I worked. But I want you to understand that there were seasons and times in my life where I found myself in a place where there was nothing that I could do except trust. And only God could do the work. Only God could bring me through. I can't play God. I'm called to be a protector and a provider of my family. Oh my gosh, how terrifying is it when your kids start driving? I, I, I literally, this season of having a 17-year-old, my wife's like, good, done, yours now. I'm terrified. Every time my kid, we left, my kid's in Arizona, she's 17. She never wants to come home. She's being an adult. She's called me once for money. <laughs> I gotta rest. I gotta trust God. She's on mission. He's got her. See, rest comes down to trust. We gotta do our best to enter God's rest. Show that we trust him. He's got your kids. Can I tell you, he's got your spouse. I believe, I feel this very strong in my heart right now. There's somebody that's battling for their spouse. Your spouse might be off track, off the path. I don't know why I feel it so strong right now. And there's nothing you can physically do. We can barely change ourselves. We can't change other people. You may have a child that's off the path. God is calling you to rest, to be with him to pray, to seek the Lord, but you can't force it. You can't make it. You can't fix it. Be with God. Rest. Rest. And I feel the Spirit, I feel the, feel the Spirit of the Lord saying so strongly, I've got them. I've got them. I've got them. Have no fear. I've got them. They're mine. They're mine. They're mine. I've got them. Rest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead in a prayer. And it's going to be a prayer of repentance for not keeping the Sabbath, for not obeying and rest. And I just want to open you up just as we pray to allow the Lord to move on your heart and however he wants to move on your heart. Just to trust. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy and for your love. I thank you for the gift and the command of rest, that you're serious about it because it's connected to our health, it's connected to our well-being, it's connected to our productivity long-term, it's connected to us accomplishing the mission and fulfilling the purpose that you have. And Father, I repent for not keeping Sabbath, 
for not prioritizing rest, for putting the mission in danger because I didn't trust. Father, I repent and I ask that you, Holy Spirit, would move on the hearts of these beautiful people that are a part of Oaks Church and begin to reveal to them where they need to be still and know that you're God. Father, teach us how to honor you by keeping Sabbath in our life. Teach us how to honor you by resting from our labor and allowing you to speak to us and rejuvenate us and strengthen us. In the name of Jesus, release your peace. Father, we thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is the conviction of the Holy Spirit that spurs us to do better, that, that provokes us to shift and change, but it's never the voice of condemnation. It's never the voice of shame and guilt. It's always the voice of total acceptance and encouragement to make a change, conviction. God, will you convict your people to obey and to keep your Sabbath? to make it holy, to create a culture of rest in our lives. In Jesus' name, we put our trust in you. And I wanna open this invitation up that if there's anyone here that you've been stuck, I'll make a fourth confession. I, I, I used to be a very, very, very good Pharisee. I was great at following all the rules and I thought because I followed all the rules so well, that God owed me something. And when I needed something in my life to get done, I would say, God, I'm a tither. I follow your law. I obey you. I worship. I go to church. I never miss Sundays. I'm, I'm this, this, and this. And I, and I literally lived my life like a Pharisee, so proud of how good of a performer I was as a Christian. And I thought that that type of performance could somehow twist God's arm behind his back and make him move mountains for me. And it took tragedy in my life to realize that God does what he does simply because he loves, not because I earned it. Because when the pendulum swing the other way and I threw all of the religion away, and I threw all of the abstinence away, and I threw all of the good behavior away because it didn't work. And I find myself all the way on the other side living recklessly because I was so disillusioned and so angry at God because he didn't do what I wanted him to do and save me from a tragedy. And it was in the place of absolute rebellion that God met me when I didn't deserve it, God met me. When I didn't earn it, he was close to me. See, I feel like there's somebody in this room that might relate to the Pharisee that I used to be. And you work and you strive and you do and you follow and you obey and all of those things, but you don't rest in the salvation of Jesus Christ. It is by his labor, it's by his works, through faith in his name that you're saved. 
If you would just lift your hands like this, turn your hands up, and I just want you to give your burden to God right now. Maybe you can relate to that. And you need to lay down the burden that you have of trying to earn your own, trying to earn your way, being proud of how well you obey instead of just resting in the arms of your Father. We do the good works because we're already accepted not to get something in return. Faith righteousness. We're righteous by faith. Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Right now, Father, we're just giving you our burden. We're laying it down before you and we're receiving your yoke that's easy. We're receiving your burden that's light. We're casting our cares on you because you care for us. Now, if there's anybody here or watching online and you know you need to get right with God today, just pray this prayer with me. Say this. Say, Father, I need you. I can't do it on my own. I've tried. I've failed. I'm done striving, trying to earn it. Today, I put my faith in you. I make Jesus my Lord my master, my savior. I give my life to him. I'm saved, not by my works or my efforts, but because of faith in his name, in Christ alone, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, would you give the Lord a hand? He's good, he's good, he's good. Hey, if, if, if you prayed that prayer, if you gave yourself to the Lord, maybe, maybe you came back to the Lord and, and you've been a Pharisee doing it all your own way like I used to. Or maybe you came to Jesus for the very first time that's both equally valuable. If that's you, would you allow us to celebrate with you? Somebody may have been praying for you. This might be the answer of prayer for them. Would you be that bold to say, Joel, that's me. I gave myself to Jesus today. Whether it's for the first time, there's one right back there, sir. There's another one right back there. I gave myself to Jesus today. Anybody else? Anybody else? I gave myself to Jesus today. That's awesome. That's awesome. Those of you that raised your hand, if you would, on, the, on your way out today, if you would stop by our front desk, we have a gift for you today. We'd just love to have a chance to meet you. We want to help you. We want to partner with you. Anything we can do to help you succeed, we want to do that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Brandon, you're in charge, man. I'm done. I'm out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Hey, let's just take a minute to pray for Pastor Thank Joel, Jesus. for Pastor Jim. Father, as I pray, I want you to pray in your seat. Stretch your hands, stretch your faith. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for this precious family. I thank you for our pastors, for our leaders. God, I thank you that your hand is on their lives, whether they're here or they're not. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you have a fresh breath, a fresh yes. wind, a fresh anointing. A fresh word. Thank you, Jesus. For not only Pastor Joel, but every member of his family. Thank for you, Jesus. Jennifer, for Sydney, for Blakely. God, I think that you're going to rejuvenate them. You're going to recharge them. Mm -hmm. You're going to give them fresh vision, fresh peace, a fresh fire for the days Thank to Jesus. come. And God, we, we are going to just commit to not just today, but Thank to every Jesus. day in July that we're going to pray for our pastors Thank and we're going to lift 
them up, that we're going to truly let them be off. Lord, your word says to pray for our leadership, for our spiritual leadership, for our pastors in our lives. And God, I thank you for the work that you're doing in them. I thank you for what a blessing they are to each and every one of us. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.